Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. How y'all doing this morning? Everybody doing pretty good? Yeah, three people are doing great. You guys still a little bit tired from the Thanksgiving festivities? Oh, good call. Middle school people, I apologize. If you're in middle school, I'm supposed to have released you already. You can go and hang out uh, in you guys' uh, middle school class. Um, today, we're finishing up a series we started a few weeks ago called Holiday Survival Guide. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, as we're in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I feel like I'm like halfway surviving. Anybody else being on, you're halfway surviving? You're trying to get through the, the struggle bus that is the holidays, man. Uh, Christmas decorations are up. Anyone, does anyone not have their Christmas tree up? I'm getting judged right now. My wife has told me like three times we got to get a Christmas tree. The Nichols don't have one up yet, so pray for me. Um, <clears throat> Uh, but we're trying to get there. We're struggling. Uh, this past Thanksgiving, though, we had a, a, a great day. It was uh, one of those things where we just relaxed, stayed at home. People came to us. You know what the thing I hate about Thanksgiving, though? There's one thing. I love everything else about Thanksgiving. I love the food. I love the football. I love everybody coming together. Well, the football, like I'm not really a football fan, but I'll, watch, I'll listen and have a nap during the football. It's great. Um, but it's one of those things, the thing that I hate the most about Thanksgiving you might hate it too. It's the cleanup afterwards. I don't know about you. There's just something about like, I love family coming over. I love having a good time. I love the music playing. But when it comes time to, okay, now you got to pick up all the cups. And now you got to figure out how to get a turkey carcass and a, and a garbage can and, and make sure it doesn't rip on your way out to the dumpster, right? The, the, the trying to get the kids to put all their toys away after they had a Nerf gun war in the middle of the living room. None of that stuff is fun to me. I don't, I, don't, I don't like to do it. As much as my wife would tell you, I'm, I'm quite the clean person in our house, right? I don't make any messes whatsoever. You're not supposed to lie from stage. I apologize. Uh, I hate the cleaning up part. Now, the cool thing about where we're at in life, though, with my kids is my kids are nine and seven, and so I realize that as they've started to grow a little bit, they can't be the freeloaders that they were once before. You know what I'm saying? Like your like your little kids, they like they don't do crap, man. They just eat and make a mess and and that's it. And you try to make sure that they don't like punch other kids and stuff. But at 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 6 years old now, I can tell Ben, buddy, you're closer to the ground than I am. And so all the things on the ground, that's what you get to pick up. And so uh, we tried this this Thanksgiving uh telling our kids to pick up and we all got together and and they're crying about it. How could you make us do this? You know, it's terrible. Um, finally, we get into a point where I tell them, you got to go in and you got to clean your room. Like, we got to be able to at least see the floor, right? Because it's at a point where you can't even see the floor barely. As they go in there, maybe two or three minutes, out comes Olivia. Dad, I got to tell you, Ben is not cleaning. I'm like, okay, send, send him out here. Ben, are you cleaning? No. Okay, go clean. Five minutes later, Olivia. Dad, Ben is still not cleaning. 
I'm like, well, what are you doing? I'm getting ready to start cleaning. I'm like, baby, it's been like 20 minutes. What are you talking about? She's on her art desk or whatever. And it's funny, in that moment, as, as, I, as I get my kids together, I'm like, okay, we got to, come on, you got to get your poop in a group. We got we to gotta clean up. We got to make everything right. I'm reminded that sometimes it's easier for us to focus on other people's mess and other people's shortcomings than it is our own. And so today, this morning, I want to talk about um, the, the importance or the, maybe the, the, the warning that we should have when it comes to judgment for and of one another. Now, I grew up in a, in a family where um, when it comes to family, we have no problem judging one another. Very clean, clear. We will tell you exactly what we think and what we feel. Um, but when it comes to church, when it comes to being a follower of Christ, I think that there's many times uh, in which we believe and know that we should not judge one another. Or at, least, or at least we look and we see that's what the Bible says. I've heard pastors say, I've even read it myself, in which it says in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 1, Jesus says, do not judge others, Right? Typically, we say this to kids or people when, they, when they're, you know, chirping back at something or they got, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Any, any parents ever told you that before? You ever heard that before? I think when it comes to, to judging, specifically when it comes to judging the generality of humanity, it's not something we're supposed to do. But I think that this, this verse can be a little misleading. I think when it, comes to, when it comes to Scripture, when it comes to the Bible, one of the things that we've got to read, we've got to understand is if you're going to read the Bible, if you're going to study the Bible, you've got to understand context. You can't just take a verse out for, and say this is what it says and that's it. There's so many things that are important when you read the Bible. You've got to, you've got to read the verses before the verse that you're reading. You've got to read the verses after the verse that you're reading. You've got to understand who is the author writing to. What does it mean for them back in that day, in the culture that we're in, and what does it mean for me, for me now? Context is a huge part when it comes to understanding what Scripture is, when it comes to studying the Word. So specifically, if we just read this out of context, it says, Jesus says, don't judge others. But we know in humanity that's, that's kind of impossible, right? Because... Like, we judge the things around us all the time. We judge our kids as they get ready for school or church this morning, right? I don't know how many times Ben walks out. I'm like, Ben, you got to put pants on if we're going to go outside, son. Or Olivia, please go comb your hair because it looks crazy. We, ju- we judge each other all the time. Uh, we have teachers that judge our kids on their schoolwork. We've got bosses that judge uh, us on the way that we work. We've got uh, police officers that judge us as we drive down the road. Judging is, is kind of a part of life. There's a part of it that can, that can become toxic, though. There's a part of it that we've got to be careful of, that we've got to watch out for, that can actually start to hurt our lives. I think about, uh, you know, I've talked about it from stage. One of the, the, my favorite pastimes is to uh, sit at the New Smyrna Beach boat ramp and watch people put their boats on the water and pull it off the water. 
I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of judgment that comes in the old pastor's heart when when I watch all this. There's a lot. I gotta I gotta pray while I'm doing it. There's sometimes where where judging is is a part of who we're supposed to be, but there's also a time where it can be extremely toxic for us, and we've got to be careful. So when we read this from Jesus, he says, don't judge others. I think to understand context is key. So let's read the whole, let's read the whole scripture and let's understand who he's specifically talking to in this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 6 says this. It says, don't judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is a standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with a speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and then turn back and attack you. I love reading um, the words of Jesus because I think he was very much ahead of his time. Uh, If Jesus was alive today, I I don't know if uh, Jesus would be an author. Uh, He was very much a storyteller. Hear this, he kind of almost even uses a meme. For for those of you who don't know what a a meme is, it's this picture that generates something funny and reminds you about something. He does, this, he does this thing where it's almost like a meme. He says, you judging other people is like trying to pull a piece of sawdust out of someone's eye when you got a tree sticking out of your own. It's a very funny visual, but the understanding is true. He's saying, be careful about how you judge others when you've got something yourself that you have got to deal with. Matthew 6, this is Jesus. He's specifically talking. Many of the people around would have been Pharisees who are hypocritical. You know this because as you study that, you see him call them out in, 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 uh, in scripture after scripture in that time period. He's calling out Pharisees. He's saying, hey, don't, don't be so hypocritical. I think when it comes to judging, there's some key things that we need to understand about it. The first one is this, is don't judge by appearance. Look at your neighbor and say, don't judge by appearance. We've had this before. We, uh, you've heard the phrase, uh, don't judge a book by its cover, right? I told a story a couple weeks back. Um, had a gentleman come to the, the sunrise service uh, with me, or uh, came to the sunrise service, him and, his, him and his wife and his family. And uh, later on in the weeks, he's like, hey, man, I want to get involved in a, in a small group. Uh, I want to try out this golf small group. I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to support you. And uh, when we got in the cart and I got there, I'd never played golf with Madana's life. I'm terrible at golf. He looks at me. He's like, uh, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm a golf pro at a local golf, play, a golf uh, course. I was like, well, that's great. Don't tell anybody. We're going to whoop up on these fools. Dylan's like, maybe, I don't even want to. He's shorter than me. What are you, like 5'5", five, 5'7", five? Five, just under six foot, we'll call it. But guy weighs like half my size, and he hits the ball, and it's like 300 yards, no problem. Sounds like a gunshot coming off. We must have hit the like course record for the, the coastline small group, I'm going to tell you right now, 
the pastor totally brought in a ringer. But looking at him, I would have never guessed it. I judged a book by its cover and didn't ask any questions, didn't look past the outward appearance. In that case, it worked, it worked out in my favor, but I think many cases we judge people wrongly to their detriment and our own. The person that gives us attitude, the waitress, we, you don't know what she's dealing with. You don't know what's going on in her family. You don't know the loss that she suffered or the stress she has right now because she's just trying to make ends meet or put, put, trying, to, trying to pay for her rent. You don't know the struggle she has about the, the kids at home that are continually giving her a hard time. Many times we, we judge people by their outward appearance. In John chapter 7, verse 24, it says this. It says, look beneath the surface. So you can judge correctly. Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. Here, here's another verse that you've got to weigh against, that verse in Matthew where Jesus says, don't judge others. Here it says that we're supposed to judge correctly. So which one is it? Are we supposed to judge or are we not supposed to judge? The second thing that we've got to understand when it comes to, to judging as ones, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge by appearance. The second thing you've got to understand is don't be hypocritical. Jesus very much was talking to the Pharisees in the scripture, and he's saying, don't get on people around you. Don't hold them to a higher standard than what you refuse to live up to. You know, it's funny, uh, during family uh, occurrences, especially in, in this Thanksgiving time, there's so many uh, different opinions that people have, right? Different political views. Some people like different football teams than, than other people do. Uh, but, but I'm reminded that, that when it comes to these differences, we should not hold people to a higher standard than what we would hold our own selves to. If we're going to point a finger at somebody else, you got to understand we got, we got three fingers pointing back at us. Sometimes I think when it comes to, to judging, we need to not judge other people, but we need to put a mirror in front of ourselves and judge our own selves. Ask our, our own selves some tough questions about what we believe or how we do life or how we manage our finances or what our work ethic's like. Whether we keep our word when we tell someone we're going to do something or not. Sometimes we got to look inward and judge our own self. We shouldn't be hypocritical. Romans chapter 2, verse 1 says this. It says, you may think you can condemn such people, but you're just as bad, and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and, you should, and, and they should be punished, are you condemning yourself? For you who judge others do these very same things. In verse 4, it goes on and says, don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sins. But sometimes we got, we got to look inward and address the things that are wrong with us. And the mirror that we should use is understanding that God loves us so much that in spite of these flaws, in spite of the things that we miss, he still wants to help us through what we're going through. And if that love is a thing that will change us and adjust us, 
the way that we love the world he's placed us in, the people, the neighbors that are around us, that'll change the world far more than judgment will. When it comes to judging, in no way should it be done hypocritical. If, if you're calling out someone else and how they manage their finances, you better be looking inward first and looking at your own self. If you're, if you're judging the mom and how she parents her kids, you better be looking at your own self first. You've got way more control of what you can do than you have control of what they can do. The third thing is this when it comes to judgment. I believe that judgment is for family only. When I say family, I'm specifically talking about the kingdom family. I think, I think when it comes to, to many other churches, many people that I see like on the street corner with signs of, you know, this is, this is what's happened if you don't do this. Man, I, I don't think that's the way that, that Jesus intended for us to go and introduce the world to him. That's not the way that he lived. But when you look at, at what Jesus did in, in bringing Peter in and saying, hey, man, I, I know you got some anger issues, and, and I'm not going to expect for you to get all figured out before you follow me, but, but why don't you come and follow me and let's work on it together. I, th- I think that's what Jesus wants us to do with the people around us. He doesn't want us to, to, to point out the falls and the shortcomings of the, the world that he's put us in. He wants us to bring them into the family and let him work on them. I think about Matthew. Matthew was a, a tax collector. This was someone that was a traitor to his own people. He literally lived a life of greed. And Jesus didn't say, you got to throw all that stuff away before you come and follow me. He said, he said, come and follow me. And then he worked on him along the way. He didn't judge him for what he was or what he was going through. He brought him into the family first. I think, I think when it comes to us, it's okay for us to judge one another. I got a good friend named Daniel, and Daniel and I are comfortable enough to, to have conversations that would challenge one another. We, have, we, have, we can have conversations that are, that, that are not necessarily the, the, the most pleasant to have, but because we're brothers in Christ and we encourage one another, we challenge each other because we know that the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. And if we do this, it means that we will become better there is, when it comes to this type of thing, when it comes to brothers, there should, when it comes to family, there should be a type of judgment for the purpose of building up, for the purpose of helping to get through. I think it's only for family. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12 says this, said, it, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it is certainly is our responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. James chapter 4, this is the half-brother of Jesus, verse 11 and 12, he says this. He says, don't speak evil against others, dear brothers and sisters. He, he writes this because he knows who he's writing to. He's writing to the church, and he refers to them as brothers and sisters. So he's saying this conversation should happen with one another in a loving way. I love the fact when that, that I, I have a wife that will tell me when, when, I'm, when I need to work on something, right? 
When, when I'm struggling through something, she's going to help me. She's not going to just sugarcoat it. I think that's what good friends are supposed to do. We're supposed to help one another. And if I'm struggling through a difficult time, if you're struggling through a difficult time, there should be a part in which we step out in love and help one another out. The last thing about judgment that I, that I think um, we should understand is that it should be for the purpose of building up and restoring. I think when it comes to us, it, it, when it comes to this judgment that we have with one another, this brotherly or family judgment, it should happen with a purpose to build up and restore. And if you can't do it with that heart, then you shouldn't do it at all. I don't know how many times I've been in the car and had that conversation with myself of, well, I'm going to tell this person how I really feel. Anybody done that before? Or anybody, you told them how you really felt, and then like afterwards you're like, I didn't even say half the stuff I wanted to say. It's weird how that happens, right? I think one of the, the things that should stop us before we speak, before we tell them what, our, what we feel, if we say this, is this for the purpose of building up and restoring? And if it's not, we shouldn't say it. If we can't say it out of love, from a position of love, it should not be, it should not be said at all. If we go to say it and, and we, we're dealing with the same struggle, we shouldn't be saying it at all. Luke 6, 31 says this. It says, do to others as you would like them do to you. I'm reminded that um, probably the most uh, talked about or memorized verse in all the Bible, um, most recited is probably John 3, 16, right? It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have eternal life. It, it, it's an incredible verse about love and affection and, and salvation through grace. But when we, when we recite that, when we say it, we forget the very next verse. And, and I think the very next verse gives us so much context to, to what Jesus wants us to do when it comes to judgment. John chapter 3, verse 17 says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So if Jesus, the one that, that was, he was the only one that was able to do it perfectly. He was the one without sin. If Jesus didn't send us, or didn't come to to judge us, we ought to be very careful before judging people around us. Today, my hope is this, is that when, it, when that thing wells up in you again, to judge someone else, to guard yourself, or to have, a, have a, something that would help you remember a handful of things, First thing is, don't judge by appearance. You, you might be incredibly, incredibly wrong. 
Don't judge hypocritically. Don't point out the faults in other people to feel better about the faults in your own self. When it comes to judgment, it should only happen inside of family. If someone's not a part of the kingdom, if someone's not a follower of Christ, don't, hold, don't try to hold them to the same level of what we should be holding each other. But in that family, do challenge each other and do charge each other specifically for the purpose of building up and restoring one another. I said it when I prayed um, today. I've talked about it with a couple people, at the, especially even at the sunrise service, that um, we woke up this morning and uh, the, the sky was not shining. It was not clear at all. It looks pretty, pretty dreary outside. And in a place where um, part of the reason why we chose to live in New Smyrna is because it's absolutely beautiful. I'm reminded that in life, there's going to be days, there's going to be seasons and chapters of life in which the sun is not shining and things feel dark and things feel dim. But in those days, whether they're good days or bad days, I'm still reminded that Jesus loves us so much and God loves us enough that he sent his son not to judge us based off our faults, but to save us and help us get through what we're going through. And so today, if you're here and you're going through something, don't sit there and let the enemy beat you up on the shame that you have for your shortcomings. Because that's not what Jesus wants to do. Jesus wants to, he wants to save you from it. He wants to help you get through it. He's not judging you. He, he wants to save you from it if you'll just release it to him. So if you're sitting here today and you want to take a step closer to him, I challenge you. Here in a second, I'm going to pray a prayer. I want you to follow along with me. The second type of person here, though, is, is today, if you feel like you're, you came in this morning and, and maybe in your heart or in your inside or in your brain or whatever, you've, you feel like you've become in, incredibly critical about people and the life around you. I want, I want to challenge you to let God in and have him work on you with that. Because that's, that's not something that he, he wants you to be. He doesn't want you to, to, to continue to grow that in you. He wants to help you grow through that. And when it comes for us introducing people to him, it's going to happen through us loving them, not judging them. I want to challenge you to live this out this week. I'm going to pray for us. Uh, if today you're far from Christ and you want to take a step closer to him or if you want to take a step in a relationship with him, I want to challenge you to pray a prayer like this. You can pray it to yourself. You can pray it today when you get in the car. Um, and, and then if, if you do pray this prayer, make sure and tell someone about it. Tell me about it. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram or something. But let's pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. You know what's going on in my life right now. You know my shortcomings. You know my sin. You know my shame. I pray that in this moment that you would take it away. I give my life to you. I surrender to you. I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. And I believe that through you, the best is still yet to come. Amen. Let me pray for us before we leave this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for how you're continuing to charge us and challenge us. 
God, I pray that as, uh, as your sons and daughters this week that you would give us opportunity to apply this that we've learned. That when it comes to our initial reaction to, to judge those around us, that, that there, you put a check in our spirit that would adjust our actions. That we would think once or twice or even three times before we let words fly of judgment to the people around us. I pray for those that, uh, for those that are in our lives that we love, that you, that you call us to, to challenge out of love, to help build up and restore, that you would give us the words to say that your Holy Spirit would guide us as we have uh, tough conversations with those around us. Ultimately, Lord, I pray that when it comes to the things that we need to work on, I pray that you would help us not be hypocritical. That those times when we, we want to point out the faults in somebody else, that, that you would lovingly show us the things that we need to work on. And that you would challenge us to take the steps to shore those weaknesses up. I thank you so much for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.